Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Nobody Cares, except for me. I am the me, your host, Auntie Donahue. And this week, we have a topic that's incredibly near and dear to my heart. Like, this would be one of my Nobody Cares. cares. And so I recruited an authority on the subject, a friend of mine, um, somebody who I've actually never really hung out with. We're internet friends. Uh, she accepts all my DMs on Instagram without blocking me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Mitchell. Hi. Oh, hello. Hello. That was a great intro. Thanks for writing it out and making me read it. <laughs> well, if I had written that, it would have been like, welcome, Lauren, the most beautiful, talented, beautiful, smart, beautiful person I've ever met. Well, that's on my Phoenix back tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. on my back tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's clear, obviously. You guys missed a really great team. We're not going to fill you in on it because it was wildly inappropriate, and that's okay. Who are we going to? Um, nobody cares about this week. We're going to talk about our favorite, our favorite uh, noted historian, Lucy. Worthley. Yes, she's got the greatest. <laughs> oh my god! Now we can say that mention her beautiful speech impediment because she mentions it a lot in her own interviews. Oh yeah. Um, and also she's so um, we're close with her, like we're her best friends, and like she doesn't met us before, and we've never spoken to her, but like she's gotten me through some pretty bleak times. Yeah, Lucy's. Uh, she's just so fucking charming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay, why don't you? Explain, give us a little bit context about Lucy and then tell us when you first fell in love with Lucy. Okay, so Lucy is a truly, she's a historian based out of the UK. She works for the like royal court palaces. Like she has like a longer job. Hampton Court. Hampton Court, yes. She works at, she loves Hampton Court too because she fucking loves the Tudors. Yeah. Um, Same. Same, honestly, extremely same. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The Tudors are great. They were just so fucked up. They were so fucked. (laughs) So interesting. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be them, but I'd love to watch it happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just so much drama. Um, Yeah. So she's like a curator for a bunch of Hampton Court's one of them, but it's like a bunch of different palaces. But mainly she's known for doing these like uh, big BBC. She's an author, but she also does these big BBC documentaries where she delves really into social history or like what some people would refer to like to as like feminized history, mm-hmm. the side of history that's not like who won this war, like who was uh, in the government or any of the like sort of big stuff that you learn about in school. But she really delves into the sort of nitty gritty, like what were people wearing? What what were people using? What were people buying? How were people living? Uh, which is shit that I find inherently fascinating. Yeah. And like, I mean, listen, you, I love a World War II doc. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I am much more interested in almost like the boringness of being a regular person. Yeah. And so like, and people were just as boring, only covered in, you know, germs and disease and like shit into buckets and poured it onto the streets. And I love hearing about that shit. I think it tells you so much more about, I mean, knowing like who won a war or whatever 
I mean, it tells you like a big story, but it doesn't tell you about it doesn't give you any insight into how people's lives actually were, which is what I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so for me, like she does this kind of history that I find really fascinating that I never got to because when you take history courses in university or in school or whatever, like they kind of ignore that stuff mm-hmm. because it's not seen to be as important. It is seen to be in the realm of like women's history or stuff that's interesting to women. Um, and so obviously it's like not that important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, our producer Alex is agreeing with you. He's wearing wow. a Meninist t-shirt. Wow. Alex, put your sweater back on. <laughs> oh my God. One tear rolls down his cheek as he writes, so, edit that out. He's so young. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know how to hate women yet. No, he's, thank um, God. He hasn't, you haven't learned yet. No. You will. Um, don't worry. You'll watch <laughs> about 10 years more of TV and stuff and realize that you hate women. Um, <laughs> Now he's just sobbing. Oh, my God. This is so unexpected. Oh, poor Alex. When yeah. did you first meet Lucy? Well, actually, yeah. I have to, it's you that got me into Lucy. <gasps> Was it? Yeah, because we were talking about Antiques Roadshow oh, and Antiques all the Roadshow. other, like, I pretty much, like, if there is a documentary made by the BBC that's, like, roughly 58 to 59 minutes long where oh. there's possibly a bit of reenacting and there's like a bunch of different like historical talking heads people explaining stuff to you about the the history of like a building or like yeah. a specific era in British history like hook that shit up to my veins that's cracked to me and it's yeah and it, because I don't know and I don't want to shit on like Canada or US productions you guys good job everybody but the BBC invests so much into history it's so good yeah their historical programming is absolutely incredible like I just blew through all of the historical farm series where like oh. they go back like the Edwardian farm, the Victorian farm, the Tudor monastery farm, the one where they're doing it in the Stuart times, which is the Green Valley one. Um, like that shit is like, again, it is like crack to me. Like I, I love that kind of shit where you delve into the nitty gritty, like you cook what they were eating and you do stuff like the farming stuff was really fascinating to me. But um, anyways, Lucy, though, was you because we were DMing. We were doing our Instagram DMs about um, BBC documentaries and TV shows. I believe that was Christmas 2016. Yeah, I believe. Yes, Mm -hmm. I believe so. And you were like, have you heard of Lucy Worsley? And I was like, no. And then you were just like, all her shit's on YouTube. So I started looking it up and I just blew through. I spent like a month just like every night coming home watching Lucy Worsley documentaries. And I think like what I love about her presenting style is that she seems um, my dad and mom actually really love her too because they got me under Lucy. I know it was really sweet. It was Christmas 2016 and I was at home with the flu and there was a marathon on TVO and my dad was like I'm watching this. Watch it with me. And then I'm like this is I love her. She's my best friend forever. Um, She does as she like if you were in university and you imagined her lecturing, she'd be the kind of prof that like wasn't reading off slides. Yeah. It would be like talking to you like you were her equal. And I think that's why I like her presenting style because when she talks about things that – I mean I have no idea how – like when we think about the Austin one because mm-hmm. she does a really cool Jane Austen one. Like I – never think about anything really outside of like Jane and the guy that she wasn't with and maybe her books. I don't think about any of the other stuff. And she does it in a way that's almost like if like a friend were to take you aside at like school and be like, oh my God, did you hear this and this? And you're like, really? Like it's, it makes history feel 
like you don't have to be part of a hierarchy or academia yeah. to enjoy and, and appreciate it. Yeah, I think that that's true. And like, actually, oddly enough, one of my favorite professors in university, like really, re- like when I think when I watch Lucy, it like reminds me of her. She like taught. Um, she didn't honestly. She didn't even like me, and she gave me pretty bad grades. But um, <laughs> she, the way she taught, and she, we was all um, romantic literature. So like, I love like uh, Wordsworth and Byron, and I mean Byron's piece of shit, and so is Percy Shelley. But like, they are all bananas. Um, yeah, they're all bad except for William Blake. Uh, he was cool. Him and his wife like made books together and like they like invented this new style of printing. Um, So all of Blake's like songs of innocence and experience, the ones with the different, um, uh, they're these like reverse, I can't remember what it is. The like reverse prints or whatever. Him and his wife, like he would write um, obviously the poetry and they would make the books together and like do the printing and the art. Um, So William Blake was the only good one because the rest of them were fucking pieces of shit who treated women awfully. Byron just fucked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Byron Shelley were definitely fucking. Yeah. Everyone is fucking everyone. Yeah. That's history. Done. And then there you go. Get your degree, everyone. Poor Mary Shelley is just like chilling at home. And then fucking Percy Shelley, the one night's just like, I'm gonna get in a boat. And everyone was like, yo, don't get in that don't get in the boat, man, because it's uh it's real bad weather. And he was like, Fuck you, I'll do whatever I want. And then he died in the boat. So like leaving Mary Shelley with all their children. Oh God. <laughs> See, that's the thing about history. And I like <laughs> It everything was bad. Yeah, like, and like men just got away with so. I mean, obviously, like men got away with so much, shit. right? Um, especially like the ones that were, and like Jane Austen's an interesting one too, because you know she was like never really super famous in her lifetime, but no, you have people like it, you know, it's like you think you. I was thinking about this this morning because I was watching the <laughs> rewatching the Jane Austen Lucy Horsley doc. Very um, I was like, oh, if Jane Austen was a man, like she probably would have been really famous in her lifetime. But then I was like, well, if Jane Austen was a man, she would not have written what she wrote. You know right. what I mean? Like no. it would have been totally different. So. You had to be Jane Austen. Yeah, Jane Austen has Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had this professor in university who like really reminds me of Lucy, just the way that she talked about. She was also really obsessed with like, um, like late 1700s so like late 18th century mm. pornography and like erotic work and stuff so that also was like kind of fascinating that's super fascinating yeah which yeah. i think is like again it's something that sort of goes ignored because it's um maybe a bit uh cd or like not it's not considered like high up in the yeah. in the historical canon or whatever i was always made to think um and i don't know if it was just subconsciously or whether it was through like teachers or whether it was just through like the guys i was surrounded by but like the idea that like fat Fashion history is frivolous and mm-hmm. unimportant. And then in retrospect, you're like, when you watch, say, like Lucy's whole, because she has, I feel like she has a couple episodes on fashion in particular. Mm-hmm. But then when she explains, like, the functionality of it, what, like, even how many petticoats you were represented in yeah. class and da 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 And you're like, this isn't frivolous at all. This is literally the way, like, you can track an, the class system through yeah. fashion. Like, you can learn so much about a hierarchy and through, and a subculture and groups of people and, um, there's this reclamation I think that Lucy does really well where she's also wearing the greatest coats. Yeah. <laughs> she loves her coats. She really does. She, her own style is really cute as well. And I love, she will always like, you remember the one she, she always will dress up too. Like she's always. no, she's like, yeah, dress me up as a dandy. The one yes. I love, the, I love, the, I've probably watched the Regency ones the most often. Cause I kind of find that whole period of British history fascinating. Yeah. 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 But, um, she dresses up as a dandy in that one and I love it. And she like, she does look great. She looks amazing. Girlfriend yeah. can carry on a, like she had that collar. Yeah. 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 The big high up collar, the guy tied for her. Do you see the horse one? Cause she does learn to ride. 
Yeah, I did watch the Reigns of Power. The Reigns of Power. <laughs> and she, like, the horse does dressage. Yes, the dressage stuff is fucking weird as well. I like that, though. I know. But it's that kind of stuff. Like, I didn't know what, what dressage was. No, and I only learned about what, what just dressage was um, during Romney's whole fucking political campaign because his horse competed in the Olympics for dressage. Wow, that's wild as hell. I know. So again, like not frivolous history, still very applicable here. Yeah. Well, I think too, like what we forget is that when you're thinking about fashion and different social stuff and social cues and the things that you owned, like little knickknacks and plates and stuff, those things were steeped in a level of meaning that we don't really understand. Totally. Even in the way like embossment and like the painting and like – I mean, at that at that time, it'd be like if you were alive at that time, you'd be able to look at someone and tell a million things about them that you know, like would be something that you and I were totally miss, or you would walk into a room and inherently understand your place. I remember when I was taking a course in university about Chaucer mm-hmm. with another like professor that I really liked. He, when we were talking about Chaucer, he was like, "What you have to understand is that." Everything here is drenched in meaning in a way, in religious meaning, right. in class-based meaning, in in symbols and in meanings that, you know, are irrelevant to us now and that, you know, don't hold as much weight. I mean, I think there's definitely – we obviously live in a world of massive symbols, like even just looking at like America as like a symbol, you know what I mean, or all those inherent things involved in the nation state or whatever. I'm getting really off topic. but um, The Illuminati. <laughs> the Illuminati. Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who bit her? We need to know. By the time this yeah. airs, you'll probably know. Yeah. Where's my Lucy Worsley doc on who bit Beyonce? Oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> She'll have a new fresh bob for the occasion. But yeah, it's just like all these – like acting like, you know, I think you don't get a full picture of history when you don't try to understand the like different social aspects of it and the different ways in which meaning was inferred that like don't mean anything to us now. Right. So right. did you go to so you went to school? Did you go to school for history? Uh, I have a joint honors degree <gasps> in English literature and political science. Wow. Yes. And now I work in uh, I'm a I'm a part time comedian and podcast host who works in software. <laughs> Well, listen, great. I tried to work in publishing. It was so bad. I mean, I can only do this job. Yeah. I'm unqualified for everything else. <laughs> this is all I can do. So you're – but I'm like – I think it's funny because um, I don't know personally if you found this, but the BBC doing such a great job in like their archivist stuff and like all of their historical documentaries and all of their like even one-off specials. There's this really good one, not hosted by Lucy, called If These Walls Could Talk. And the did you watch it? I've seen – yeah. I feel like I've seen one episode yeah, of Yeah. And the, the guy basically, if you haven't watched this and you're a loser, I guess, is um, – <laughs> This very, very brilliant host. I do not know his name, but he's – I just wanted him to hang out with me so badly. And he co- he starts documenting this house from when it was first built and it's something like the 16 or 1700s and then does the whole history of everyone who lived in the house and then where they went. And then like the house is like the touchstone for yeah. the way like they were spread out. Like he ends up following someone to like the Civil War. Oh, and like go- It's so good. And – I don't know. I think like I tried to go to school for history Mm -hmm. and then I'm just really bad in the world of academia. And um, the way that the BBC and the way you have presenters like Worsley stands out from the way I think we're taught history in the sense of like it's supposed to be a conversation. It's not supposed to be a lecture. Mm -hmm. And I think like 
I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just me because I'm like romanticizing the BBC because I'm not English and mm-hmm. I'm from here. But um, they do a really good job of like making it almost they're part like you get to be a part of this thing now. Yeah. I don't know if that's where you find any of the appeal in it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like I never took any history courses in university because uh, they were none of them appealed to me, like the subject matter of them. So I remember that same uh, English professor who taught about the romantics. She once said that um, English literature is like uh, like the dog's breakfast of disciplines because when you're studying literature, you're studying history, you're studying politics, you're studying all these different things uh, like philosophy, like sociology, psychology, like you come in and do like theoretical rereadings of stuff and you look at things from different lenses, different theoretical lenses. And so that makes literature to me like studying books and poetry and all of that stuff you're always inherently going to study, like, who wrote it? When were they writing it? What's the context around why they would have written this thing? Um, let's look at all these, like, other source documents that sort of explain this piece of literature's place in the world. And so I think that is, like, my interest in history, um, you know, comes from, like, being a kid and, like, loving that shit, like, watching all that, like, history back when the History Channel, like, didn't just so show Storage Wars and like, want- my favorite documentary, Indiana Jones. Yeah, so, it, I mean, that is really t- – it's true, yeah, okay? Yeah, like, classic. Please don't be blasphemous on this podcast. It's a very serious podcast. Um, but, yeah, so I think for me that's, like – I never wanted to get a history degree, but I always wanted to learn about history and then literature and the study of literature seemed to be sort of the right way to go about it. Your gateway. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pause for a commercial because that's how this works now. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow, what a commercial. Can you believe that you just heard that wonderful commercial? I, I can't even wait to get free swag from that commercial. I know. Just, I'm just going to send you a lot of tiny blocks that say like an S and then a W and then an A and a G. It'll be just spelt swag as many times as you want. It's great. Swag. Swag. Yeah. How many different words can we spell? I mean, spell this, Lauren. <laughs> Do you go to museums a lot? Uh, yeah, I do love a good museum. Are you now? I feel like a lot. Yes, I, I too like museums. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> two classy fucking bronze in one room. Oh my god, I'm drinking my my Starbucks latte with one pinky up this whole time. Can you believe it? It's also like the biggest fucking okay. coffee I've ever seen. Like, and your bladder cannot take that yeah, much bladder liquid. Of steel, I, just want I you promise to know. you this. My fear of public bathrooms keeps me feeling upright all the time, always ready. Um. And so there's – I feel like there's like the museums, like the gat, like if you – like the ROM right now where you go to the mm-hmm. Dior exhibit and it's very quiet and it's like whatever. But then you'll go to like 
an, like, like Dundurn Castle mm-hmm. where someone dressed up as a maid is going to take you around. Oh, yeah. I love all that shit. Oh, so you love that. I love that it all, makes honestly. me feel I – wa- I'm always like, can I just take myself around here and like do <laughs> – like I, I feel like it's that Office episode where Ben oh Franklin God, comes in. I just in. watched that episode. <laughs> And he's just like, didn't Ben Franklin have syphilis? He's like, he did, but I don't. I'm Gordon. Like, that's always how I feel when I go to the slices. Because I'm like, I understand that you're doing your job. But can you just, can you put some jeans on and then, like, come back? And then, like, we, because we know you're not really from this, unless you are. And in that case, this is your great ghost. But also, let me just, and then I always end up asking questions like, who died in this house? Yeah, well, you know, I want to know. Well, at Dundurn, the the woman did, the mom did. Mm. She had tuberculosis. She died in the house, in the room. When you go in, it feels weird. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I see. That's the history. I like. I would love if Lucy really delved into like the death and murder era of. Alex is weeping. He's like, I want to be a human rights lawyer. <laughs> she brings up death every podcast. <laughs> I don't think Lucy's going to – like, don't, although remember that one series she did about um, like the one that's called Fit to Rule? Yeah. But, like the health and like yeah. the sort of like mental health and the physical health of like all the varying kings from – I believe it's like the – uh, Tudors to the start, it, to the Windsors, I think it goes yeah. all the way to the Windsors. She I goes believe. right up into uh, Queen Elizabeth's dad. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I mean that's an era I'm obsessed with. But that's, yeah, I know. Well, we, we both love the crown. I mean, we do love the oh, we love the crown. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what is your favorite era? <sighs> that's actually tough because um, I really like the Tudors. Um, I mean, that's kind of an obvious one. But I also do really enjoy um, the Regency. Like, uh, the – I mean, like, during the Enlightenment is so fascinating. And then uh, you get sort of the um, mad George into, like, uh, his fucking crazy, like – wild party heathen yeah. son um the sort of dandy era and like you know george the it's he's the fourth right that's the regency um yes. yeah because george the third was the mad king and that's um, who let america go yes yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. and yeah that whole shit is fascinating too like the sort of the hanoverians like the first three georgian kings and then you get into the crazy george the regency george and that period of english history is very interesting as well i mean of course like the enlightenment and stuff is really fascinating and you get uh like voltaire living in um england and you get uh like alexander pope's writing and there's this big like uptick of satire and uh people being able to read and access that satire and having this different view of of a king and of the royal family. I mean, I think there had always probably been satire, of course, and, you know, ways in which you uh, poke fun at the royals and stuff. But this is like an era where it really comes, you get these juxtapositions of like um, George IV in the portraits that he gets painted of himself, which are super regal. He looks really handsome. He's always in profile, very fit, Mm -hmm. the big collar so you can't see his jowls and stuff. Um, (laughs) But when, when he's drawn by the satirist and the cartoonists and stuff they draw him as a big sort of gluttonous sloppy messy like dude because that's what he was right i mean i think it's probably somewhere in the middle of the two sort of extremes or whatever but i think that period in british history is really uh really fascinating for sure for you is it more like is it british history that's most like interesting to you or is there uh yeah for sure like 
of course, like, the monarchs and stuff are interesting. Uh, just, like, the monarchy inherently is so... Like, the British monarchy is wild as hell, right? Because you're going through a time in history, like, they shouldn't exist anymore, no, right? Like, the rest of the not. monarchs in Europe got chased out with, like, pitchforks and shit. And so it's pretty fascinating when you think about, um, you know, the French... Well, like, of course, the Brits love, you know, even today, there's, like, a 90% approval rating of the monarchy, which is crazy, right? Yeah, it's wild. I, I remember a British friend of mine saying that she... She's like, it's not for, for her personally. She's like, it's not for me, like the monarchy that she supports. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's like such a tourist destination that it's boosting the British economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so to get rid of them would be so stupid because we would lose so much yeah. money. Yeah. And I'm 100%. like, that's so interesting because it's not like people are fucking boarding the ships to see Trudeau to be like, ooh. Yeah. But I mean, the legacy and the history is there, so right? Storied. Yeah. And so, I mean, the Brits are also like, they invented constitutional monarchy, right? So they're obsessed with this idea that, like, we invented this, like, what is, uh, you know, like, it was, at the time, it was the best you could get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where you didn't have a tyrant king, but you had a elected is a strong word, um, parliament or whatever. Right. Uh, so you had these people representing the your interests, right? And then you had the king and, you know, he's the their, the direct line to God or whatever still. Right. So you have this sort of like merging of the two where, you know, when you look at what happens in France, right? Like they're just like, you know. Go fuck yourself. Go get the, well, cut your heads off. Like get out of here. Yeah. Same thing happens in America. And then... Of course, the whatever happens in Russia, like whatever happens, what happens in Russia? <laughs> whatever happened in Russia. Years later, we're yeah. like the Russians. I always think that's fascinating. Where they were helping um, beat Napoleon, and the Russian soldiers end up in France, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Because Russians still running under a serfdom, right? Yeah, they're still essentially like a, a like aristocratic yeah. like, slave economy. And so the Russians get into France and are like, uh, "You can just uh, go to restaurants and stuff. What's going? What's happening here?" And so, but it's years of Russian Revolution before they overthrow the czars or whatever. So, anyways, the whole of European history in that sense is kind of fascinating. And so, I find the the British to be particularly interesting. Like they just they're really we're keeping the monarchy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and like they're keeping it. Like this is not going like yeah. even like the fervor over Markle and Harry and yeah. Kate and Will. Like it's not if anything, it's like reignited. Um, an enthusiasm for the monarchy. Yeah. But, like, the idea of the monarchy, I think, like, people don't think about, like, all, yeah. like, you know. It's really things crazy. That, yeah. It's very – it's also – I think what's what's interesting to me about the British monarchy in particular is how they become, like, almost experts in branding yeah. in a way that, like, they almost set the precedence for the way that we tend to brand things now or companies brand. Yeah. Like, they've had do-overs and, like, how Victoria was this, like, oh, my God, youthful queen, blah, blah, blah. And then she became this queen of, like, mourning and yeah. death. Yeah, for the rest of her life. Right. Yeah. And then her son was just a fucking dick. Yeah. And then there was, like, the abdication yeah, that happened. Yeah, that crazy. Like, that's insane. Actually, what I always think is so interesting about this like our Markle enthusiasm because I love her mm-hmm. and I am very psyched for her and Harry even though I did have plans for him and myself but that's <laughs> besides the point I'm a good I mean I'll be a great second wife that's obvious I, I think I'll be really good at it it'll be fine he'll have had his kids I don't have to do that here we go but like when you think about the abdication that happened with Edward mm-hmm. so he meets 
Wallace Simpson, a, a Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> let's cannot <laughs> stress like, that what, They just don't st- stress enough that she was a fucking card carrying Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. Like loved it. Like and not, she was ugly. Like what was going on? Very there? thin lips. If yeah. I'm being honest, yeah, not attractive. And apparently, there's this really good documentary on Netflix right now called The Windsors, and it goes really into it. And oh, she, I've watched. Oh, you watch it. <laughs> he was very. She was really mean to Edward, and like he got off on that. But it was yeah. like humiliating and in front of like members of the royal family. Yeah. Very strange, but. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It was also strange you met Hitler. A lot of yeah. strange things going on. But he ends up like he meets Wallace. They're like, you cannot be with Wallace because you're getting a divorce. And she's getting – sorry. She's getting a divorce and she's American. Like, sorry. Oh, and it's her like third divorce at this point. Right. Also, she's banging a Nazi. We don't know that yeah. yet. But it is happening. <laughs> she's also telling them the secrets. Again, we yeah. don't know this yet. But it's happening. <laughs> So he abdicates the throne. It goes down to King George. He doesn't want this, but then they win points with everybody because then they end up touring all the bombing sites and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go to Margaret, who can't marry her dude because he is divorced. Yeah. And then that's a whole thing. But now we have Markle, who's like an American divorcee mm-hmm. being embraced by the royals. It's so interesting. It's yeah. so full circle. And Elizabeth watched all of it happen, which to me is like... Yeah, she's old as hell, man. I know. I'm like, <laughs> Philip's going to die soon for sure. They're both going to die soon. I know, but I'm not ready for her little outfits to go away yet. I don't know, man. I mean, she is really old. I have a... Okay, so my opinion about the monarchy is, like, in some ways I find it fascinating, but in other ways I'm like, yo, fuck that shit. When Betty Windsor dies, like, I'll pour one out. She was, like, a fascinating person, but, like, that entire institution is fucked up. Well, it is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Like, that's the other thing where we... I think even with all of the Kate and Will's towels that I own... (laughs) Sorry. I do own one, but it was a gift. (laughs) I also own a Diane and Charles one. It's it's Mm -hmm. besides the point. You, like, there's this romanticized, branded idea, like, almost like Nestle, where people are like, yeah, drinking some, like, having some quick, drinking some water. (laughs) It's great. But then it's like, uh, Nestle actually has gone in and stolen water from people. Like, this is bad. And that's what the monarchy is. We're we're just like, look at their dresses. And it's like... They're responsible for genocide. Just so much bad stuff. <laughs> really you know? bad. It's yeah. very. It's a very confusing. I think that's why I like learning about it because then you can kind of feel like you are aware of what you're actually following. Yeah. And Lucy does it in a way that she doesn't saint. She's not very. She's not like. Wasn't Henry VIII great? Yes. I think for me, I really like her ability to because like she has a sort of interesting perspective where like she's clearly obsessed with like social history and the day-to-day sort of goings-on of really normal people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she's also, like, obsessed with the monarchy. Yeah. And, like, works for the palaces and is so interested in that stuff. But she doesn't really, like prop them up. I did, like, that's one of my favorite things about that, like, fit to rule one she did about, like, royal illnesses and stuff. Mm -hmm. She really goes through and, like, makes them, she's, like, she humanizes people who are seen as, like, you know, higher than, like, closer to God or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, that is part of what I like about her is she's not of propaganda mouthpiece for the for the monarchy or for the you know England as a nation state or whatever. Right. Yeah. She's, she's not like- very much like just looking at it and trying to understand like how people were living and why things happened in the way that they did and all of I and I mean that's to me like that's that's the interesting part of it. Yeah, she is also like and not like hip and fresh, but her approach to it is much more, I think, yeah. in line with like our critical minds mm-hmm. than our um, propagandist minds. Yeah, 100%. And like, I think, you know, 
historians who spend a lot of time focusing on war and battles and all of that stuff, well, you know, I'm sure – I'm sure it's important in some way. Um, <laughs> you yeah, know, what was that second war that yeah. happened? <laughs> Something. Uh, I think yeah. it was about Wallace Simpson's outfits. Yeah, I yeah. think so too, definitely. I think it was about like what kind of teacups they were drinking out of. I mean, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I definitely think she comes across as less of like a, yeah, like a propaganda-y historian. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, I just like how she's uh, who was the guy she said he looked like an owl? David Starkey or whatever that guy's name is, the historian, the British historian. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, they she had beef with this, like, male historian. I think his name's David Starkey. Um, they've, like, done a show together since then, but... Um, oh, I did not know about he's this. He's, like... <laughs> women's history. And then was, like, talking about how, like... Some female historians can have TV shows because they're pretty <gasps> and whatever, whatever. And um, Lucy said something to the effect of, uh, "I would, you know, I would never comment on this because it's inappropriate to talk about how um, the like looks of historians pertaining to how they do their jobs." But um, I would say that he he looks like a disgruntled owl on the covers of most of his books. Like, since I'm but like that's paraphrasing, but um, she said something to that effect, called him a misogynist, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, girl." <laughs> Lucy does not back down. Yeah, no, she's very like, and I think she has come up um, against that a lot. And I'm sure, you know, people like, she's a bit twee, you know yeah. what I mean? She's got her long, the coats and the gloves and the little barrette and, and the little bob and stuff and her little cute lisp. Um, it's a bit, the whole thing's a bit twee, but it's not put on. You no, know I, I mean? don't feel like I, like, I'm not, I don't feel like she's auditioning for a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, no, like, It's 100%. not like Wes Anderson's The Czar of Russia series. <laughs> she's like playing a ukulele and yeah. <laughs> Anastasia's behind her dancing. Oh, I thought that is a good, that was an interesting yeah. departure for her to do the, the Russian, Russian one. one. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, I watched that over the summer. Okay. I remember, where where were you when you watched all your Lucy Horsley <laughs> shows? I watched it twice, actually. I watched it when it was on YouTube, and then I watched it again when they put it on Netflix. Same! Very comforting. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Also, like, I love um, Russian history. so fascinating as Russian well. Russian history is bananas. My mom's side's Lithuanian, mm-hmm. so we got, um, this is a little sidebar, don't you dare edit this, I'll come after you in the night, Alex. Um, anywho, no, my mom's uh, uncles were Lithuanian freedom fighters against the Russians in World War II, and mm-hmm. then they got captured mm-hmm. and sent to Gulag for 20 years. And then they came out in the 60s. They were very traumatized. And, um, yeah, it was real. like, so my mom's family had to, like, her dad in particular, his whole family had to walk from Lithuania th- to Germany through Poland to end up at a Jeez. DP camp. So I love a good Russian history because it's so fucking sad. Yeah. And, it's wild. And, and they were right so blocked off from, like, physically like geographically blocked off from the rest of Europe that like they just developed in such a totally different way. Their literal climate is why the like World War II yeah, did not. Crazy. Yeah, it's like you you if that hadn't if they lived in like any yeah. other area and Hitler's like I'm going to invade them. Hitler was like we got to go into Russia and we got to just keep making concentration camps. And then Russia's winter was like I not yeah. no we already have gulags which yeah. are awful in a different way. <laughs> Two yeah. different kinds of bad horrible yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Guantanamo times two. It's just yeah, which just bad things happening. Okay, yeah. so this is the um, like good segue from that conversation. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I love a segue. Listen, history is awful. Yeah, and everything in the past was the worst, and it's also terrible now. Yeah, and it will be terrible long after we're dead. That is so 
true. It's just always bad. It's like if anyone ever says, like, when would you like to live? What's another era? Like, yeah, I'm like fucking, I don't know, a hundred years from now yeah, and we can, like, go to space or something. I like, don't know. Where can I, when can I live in a pod and just, like, be unconscious for, like, eight yeah. years at a time? That's <laughs> When can I be, like, the future on a head in a jar, oh, you know? I'll be a great head in a jar. <laughs> I'm going to be, be like, so good at that. Yeah, I'm going to be, like, Richard Nixon on Futurama. Right? There we go. When that can happen. Yeah. That's the time I would like to travel yeah. to. I mean, don't, I'd like to be invisible and just watch. Yeah. Like, I want to watch. I want to see how hot Henry VIII was because everyone seemed to have such a hard on for him. Yeah, right? Was he, was he like, in the Tudors, the Do series? You know what? Hun- okay, he was not. Um, <laughs> he was a redhead. With his, like, crazy eyes, <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Reese meyer style. I would say, though, I am 100% with you. I would love to travel back through time just to see how hot people were before yeah. photographs. Yeah. Because, like, you really can't trust paintings. You cannot. I feel like any painting just makes you look rich and fancy and hot. Yeah, like if you if your painter did not make you look rich and fancy and hot, you'd be like, "Yo, cut that motherfucker's head off." It'd be like if you did not use Instagram, like if, yeah. yeah, like no one's putting normal photos up on Instagram anymore. Photoshopped and edited, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. please. Jeez. Okay, so my rapid fire question time. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite Lucy Worsley documentary? Oh, I think it's the three-parter on the Regency. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what would you do differently if you could direct Lucy Worsley in a documentary? Oh, I would just, like, include myself in it. Ah. And then her and I would, like, do a fun, like, tour of – I would want to go on, like, a weird tour with her where we did, like, a cool, like, um, talking about, like, antiques and, like, old houses and shit. Ooh, very cool. And then we idea. would probably dress up. What do you – oh, okay. If you could dress up in any era, now would it would be the Regency or would it be something else? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I would probably want to, like, put on a real fancy fucking ball gown from, like, any of the eras. All right. Just to see what – not the, like – I don't know. Corsets are so unappealing. Yeah, old-timey clothes are bad. Yeah, they're, and if you go to an antique market, which I do frequently yeah. – <laughs> not to brag, but I'm totally bragging. And you go to, like, the ones that have, like – they're not vintage clothes. It's like antique clothing. Yeah. They're gross. Yeah. And they're all – like all the corsets are so sweaty because yeah. people wanted to pass away. Yeah. They're haunted. You probably actually just want to dress like a farm person. Like a like surf. Like a farm worker back in the day because they had some like cool like loose underwear and shit. You know they what I'm saying? They did. Or you had to like carry around that weird pee thing that you, yeah. if you stuck it under your dress and you would just pee into a glorified teapot. Yeah, absolutely. I don't – you know, I just want to wear pants. You know what I'm saying? What do you love most about Lucy Worsley? Um, well, I love her, like, really cute lisp and that she, like, has no qualms about it. I remember reading an interview with her where she was, like, when she was doing the Regency docs, she was like, I can't just have three fucking documentaries on TV where I say Regency the whole time. <laughs> um, and so she went to do, like, speech therapy for it, but then was like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> she was like, it's fine. My lisp is fine. It's just who I am. Um, but I really like her, uh, I just like the way that she... Like, the way that she talks about history, the way that she, like, talks about women's history, which is, I think, you know, historically been pretty ignored and maligned. Yeah, that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My very enthusiastic and over-the-top podcast. <laughs> if you could tour any historical site, what would it be? Um, actually, probably Hampton Court. 
Um, I mean, in terms of if we're talking about like a Lucy Worsley based Yeah, let's do that. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to get oh – I know God, we got yeah. into Russia, but it was only because Lucy was attached to that conversation. Yeah, I know because that's like – then if you think about it, I'm like, OK, there's like – there's the world is big. There's 5,000 places that you yeah, can yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of like British shit, I think like uh, – yeah, Hampton Court's interesting because that's like – that was the favored Tudor zone. Um, it became the favored place of like a lot of other people. It's such an interesting – it's not Buckingham Palace, but it's full of such a big sort of part of that history. And Buckingham Palace had a rat problem in the Victorian era, actually. It was like – if you watch – I think it's ITV's Victoria series. Mm -hmm. um, There's this – she gets presented with a birthday cake. It's in the first season. And like a mouse or rat comes out of it. And then like I was watching the Twitter live feed obviously at the same time. And it was like (laughs) FYI, they had a massive rat problem. Yeah, that's not surprising. And then in The Crown, you see rats in the kitchen too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Buckingham Palace seems kind of gross. I feel like it's why no one wants to live there. Well, why would you want to live there? It's a museum. Like, yeah. it's just a museum. Yeah. The only room I'd want is Margaret's room where she dances to the Flamingo song. Oh, yeah, so true. I know. I relate to both those moments, both when she sings <laughs> sad jazz is when I'm on a deadline. <laughs> and then dancing the Flamingos is when a new Lucy Worsley documentary gets uploaded. That is so true. Um, okay, so here's the thing. You have to tell the internet now where they can find you and all that fun stuff. Give me your Twitter. Give me all of it. Tell me um, all you're doing. Yeah, you can find me at uh, on on the internet, on Twitter. I am Internet Lauren. Um you can listen to my podcast, the 24 episodes of it that exist. It's called Cavern of Secrets. It's so good. Yeah. And it's been like praised by many publications. Oh, yeah, that's true. People were really nice about it. Yeah, because it's good. Oh, thank you, Anne. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you can go listen to that. We're working on bringing it back. That's a little side note for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can, if you're in Toronto, I run a monthly comedy show, second Tuesday of every month called Mega Crazy Crazy Frenzy. Uh, I didn't name it. The man that I ho- I run it with named it, so you can blame him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Alex. <laughs> Alex actually named it. God, Alex. He was drunk. Ugh. He would not stop calling Lauren. You're like, if I... If I promise not to press charges. <laughs> and I literally, when we started that, our show's been going on, it'll be five years in May. So Alex was like literally in high school when it started. Think oh. about that shit. Think about that shit, Anne. <laughs> no. I am a thousand. How old are you? Um, I'm going to ask us in here. Do you care if I ask on the podcast? No, I'm going to be 32 in May. I'm turning 33 in May. The Jesus age. Are you a Taurus? I'm a Virgo. Oh. Are you a Taurus? Yes, I am a Taurus. Sorry, I thought you said you were turning in May, so I was like... I have, oh, I said 33, and did I say that? Maybe I did. Jesus Christ. My birthday's in August, everyone. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a very massive stroke at the end of this podcast. Like really, Henry VIII himself. Yeah, I got really excited about being a fellow Taurus. Hey, Tauruses are very balanced people. Yeah, Taurus. We're serial killers, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're oh, most- Virgos are... Actually, I should have known you were a Virgo. Really? Yeah, you mm-hmm. literally put me in a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. color coded. Yeah, mm-hmm. a Virgo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I actually Tauruses and Virgos get along very well. Yeah, my Taurus friends and I. It's a very effortless friendship. Yeah, like I never feel like they're mad at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gemini ones, I'm always like, are you can be okay. Yeah, I'm I'm tight with a lot of Gemini's and a lot of Virgos. Oh, hello. Yeah. And now we're friends because yeah. this bonded us yeah, and it, it really prevented did. us from doing like a weird random first dinner date friendship. Yeah, thing. where we just had this conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> loudly and, in a restaurant. Yeah, and now the next time we'll just go really in. Yeah. on like whether or not like Tony Snowden was as hot as he was portrayed in The Crown. 
He wasn't, by the way. Yeah, I know. No one ever is. No, honestly. Princess Margaret did not look like Vanessa Kirby. No, I no. know. She was still pretty hot, though. She was, totally. Yeah. Their relationship is very interesting. Do you know he used to leave post-it notes that were real, saying, like, like cruel things around her home? Yeah, she also liked that shit, though, because she was, like, felt bad about being liking being a princess. Yeah. And so she was really like, yeah, give it to me, Tony. It's like when Tony says, you're dying to be, what is it, complicit, something, subordinate, yeah. something, whatever. It was very, very arousing for her, Yeah, I'm sure. And for me, when Matthew Good said that shit. Also, Matthew Good is so <laughs> handsome. Not Canadian celebrity. No. Anybody <laughs> listening to this, I hope you would know that about me and anyone I brought on here. That we, like, if you like Matt Good Band, great, good. But you know, Matt Good Band has some bangers. Sure, but I don't care. <laughs> Alex is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like I'm editing all of this. This is my power. This is what I can do. Well, guess what? It's my name on the podcast. <laughs> This is how it's going to be done. Anne and I are going to come for you in your sleep. We're going to cover the secrets all about you. Yeah. Anne probably knows where you live. No, I don't know. Okay, well, no. I know you. (laughs) Feels like an empty thread, you know? (laughs) Alex rips his headphones off, just storms out. I'm like, no, there's two more podcasts after this. (laughs) I don't know how to work the controls. Anyways, this has been the best. Yeah, I've had so much fun. I adore you, and now I'm going to make you hang out with me for real. Yeah, I'm I'm just using this as like courtship for friends now. Like, if you come on my podcast and I think you're cool, we'll hang out again. <laughs> this is an audition for my friendship. If you can keep up. It sounds a bit like a threat, and I like it. Good. I'm a Virgo. Most yeah. of us are serial killers. Yep. You're going to put me right back in the spreadsheet? Yeah. I told my therapist that fact, and she was like, are you proud of that? I'm like, I'm just saying we get it done. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> I love it. It's an enterprise, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, guys, hi. This has been Nobody Cares Except For Me. I'm your host, Auntie Donahue. That was Lauren Mitchell. Um, find her on the internet or at her comedy show in real life. Don't find her randomly, like, on the street or anything because that would probably freak her out quite a bit. Also, if you want to tell me what you care about and nobody else does, head to my website at nobodycarespodcast.ca. You can throw me a message and or an email and – um. I'll read it on the podcast, and that is exciting for you, I think. For me, yes, but don't you just want to hear me say your name? No, you don't. (laughs) This has been Nobody Cares. Okay, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 